0: Lord Jesus Christ, I come to you this morning, we come to you, with the same request your disciples brought you. Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. You know, I've been talking to you about this sermon series for weeks, wrestling over what direction to take and then... You gave me an answer in triplicate. Three different members on separate occasions came to me over the past two weeks and asked for a, a prayer series. It took me a while. It took me a while to get it, to understand that you were answering my prayer. You were giving me direction. All this started with the Bible class. and. We're talking about Luke eleven about prayer with the Sunday school. It's going to be talking about prayer the next few weeks. Seems, Lord, that Fisher's is taking up the same plea. Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. I didn't stop the wrestling. The thought entered my mind that these sermons should be different than the normal sermons. These sermons should actually be in the form of prayer. I struggled with that. Remember the walk with our dog a couple weeks ago, praying about this? Asking you, is it okay? Would a sermon in the form of a prayer be proper? Would it be, feel like a gimmick? Would it feel artificial? And then, then when you it. At least I believe it was you. You reminded me of something I learned at a prayer retreat. That the best way to learn how to pray is by actually praying. Not by just talking about prayer. So Lord, that's what we're going to do during this series. We're we're going to pray. We're going to have a conversation with you. We're going to trust you to teach us. Of course, I I kept fretting over details and knowing me as you do, I'm sure that didn't surprise you. I asked you all sorts of things. How should I stand? Should I fold my hands? Should I lift my hands? Should I close my eyes? Is it a prayer if my eyes aren't closed? Should I pray facing the altar? Should I get behind the altar? Should I stand behind the pulpit? And then you reminded me that there's no right A wrong posture for prayer. Oh, Paul did tell Timothy, I desire that in every place men should pray lifting holy hands, but he he might as well have said, pray with folded hands, because your desire, Lord, is that we pray. There really isn't one right posture. What's important is that the position we use helps each of us to focus on you. And that's good because I knew if I had done the whole prayer with my hands lifted, I wouldn't have been focused on you. I'd have been thinking how tired my arms were getting. Anyway, that's not what the disciples were asking. And that's not what we're asking. They, they were young Jewish men and teens. They had been taught how to pray when they were children. What they were asking, what we're asking is for something much deeper. We're asking to teach us to pray the way you prayed. I mean, Lord, your first disciples were well aware, weren't they, of your prayer life? It's all over the place in the Gospels. Luke tells us how you often withdrew to a desolate place to pray. And Mark tells us that you would get up early in the morning and go off to pray in some secluded place. The Bible tells us that on the night you you chose the twelve, you went to the mountain to pray, and all night continued in prayer to God. The letter to the Hebrews, we read how in the days of your flesh you, Jesus, offered up prayers and supplications with loud cries and tears to him who was able to save you from death and you were heard because of your reverent submission they saw that they saw the importance of prayer in your life the depth the intimacy of your relationship with your father and that's what they wanted We do too. Jesus, we long for the devoted prayer relationship with the Father that You have. Teach us to pray like that. Teach us to know that the heart of of prayer is not whether I close my eyes or fold my hands. The heart of prayer is not that I use the right words in the right order. The heart of prayer is to have a heart that desires You. It's eager to listen to your voice. It's ready to pour out the deepest desires and thoughts, joys and sorrows of our heart to you. The prayer is a conversation with you where you shape and mold our hearts. Father, I have to confess something to you. And I imagine most of us have to make this confession. We are a a paradox when it comes to prayer. We all really want to have a great prayer life, and at the same time, we don't. On the one hand, we ask you to teach us to pray and Yet at the same time, we find so many ways to neglect or skip or make excuse for a lack of prayer time. you heard them. I'm too busy. I'm too tired. I got up late. i got to get going. I've got things to do. But Lord, the truth is, if prayer was really a priority, I would make time. Besides, how often has it happened that I've tried to handle things Without you. only To turn to you only when things were hard or a crisis developed or got too hard for me. Lord, I I admit to being afraid. I remember Pastor Miles in Confirmation told us that be careful what you ask God for. He might give it to you. Think of... Jacob, and his night wrestling with you, what did that get him? A hip out of socket so that he could never run again. That was hard. I remember a friend who said to me, I'm often afraid to surrender to God. Afraid of what His answer might be. Afraid that He'll ask me to do something I don't want to do. Some speak to somebody I don't Want to speak to her about something I'd rather avoid. And, and the guy went on, he said, You know, that was often the case. That was often God's answer. To do the hard thing, trust Him. The answer I didn't want, but always the answer I needed. So forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for my fear, for holding things back for talking the talk about prayer, but not living it. For finding ways to neglect my relationship with you. Forgive me for the paradox. Thank you that there's no contradiction in you. You want us to pray. You invite us to pray because you desire a deep relationship with us. you already know everything that's in our hearts. It's not like you need us to give you information. you you know our desires, our joys, our struggles, our needs. You don't need us to pray. We need to. We need to tell you we need quiet times where we sit, And listen to your word. You invite us because we need to pray. You invite us because you desire that we would know how deep your love for us is. Jesus, you so desire that in the fullness of time, you were born of a woman. You were born under the law to redeem us that are under the law to give us the full rights of sons. For this reason, You poured into our hearts the Spirit, Your Spirit, the Spirit of Your Father, the Spirit by which we cry out, Abba, Father. Yes, Lord, You took on our flesh and blood. You became a real man. You walked around in our shoes. You experienced everything we experienced. Temptation, grief, sorrow, happiness, joy, pain, struggle, even death. You died for our sins and rose again so that we could have full access, all of us, in one spirit to the Father. You did that to open the doorway so that through You we might come to the Father so that through You we might know Father. In You we have a God who is flesh and blood. A God who is also man's. One who we can talk to, who understands because you're one of us. So we come to your throne with confidence, just like the Bible says, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Lord, you promise us, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do. You said to us, ask and it shall be given, seek and you shall find, knock and the doors shall be opened, forever ask, receive he who seeks, finds and whom knocks, the door will be opened. And so, Lord, trusting in your promise, we come, we ask you, Lord, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to pray like you pray. Amen. And now may the peace of God which you pass all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus unto life that is everlasting. Amen.